Hello, 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 and welcome to the most current and recent edition of the Christian Nerd Godcast. My name is Scott Higa. I am the Christian Nerd. And joining me once again, but after a month of not doing it, which makes me so sad because there's nothing I love more than talking on the internet to my friend Tony T. It is Tony T from the Nerd of Godcast. What's up, that's Tony? That's me. I'm Tony T. You that's, are Tony that's T. Me. That's me that Scott Higa's talking about. That yeah, it has you. been a it's been a long time, man. I know. Well, like, we text every day. We're like real life friends who've never met each other on the internet, but are only kind of extended face to face, screen to screen, Skype face to Skype face interaction is when we record. Like, we don't ever just call each other out of the blue just to chat and then we, you know, lie in our beds like this, like when Gabe and Dwight were having their competition and we <laughs> kick our feet. In. Like, that doesn't happen. But so so I enjoy this this extended it, time we have. It is nice to finally get to to talk with you again in this arena. But yeah, it's it's weird. We are we're like I go back in my mind to like what it must have been like in the 1800s for someone to have like a pen pal, someone <laughs> across the world. And, you know, my dearest Higa. You know, <laughs> I, I have often thought of you as I you know I'm headed off to war this spring. Uh, the, the the war between the states, the war of Yankee aggression. I don't know why I'm speaking oh, with a, this... I'm speaking with a British accent, but I'm going but, to fight you're fighting for, for the, the Confederacy. Confederacy. All right, yeah, you see. All right, well, this is the last episode of the Christian <laughs> Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Yeah, hey, no, but it's uh, it, it is great to be back. Yeah, how how are you doing? How was your week? Yeah, yeah, really, can we just cut to the chase? My week was great because the Star Wars trailer came out. I mean, I, I hate to jump right into it, but no, what are we going to say? We got time. Are, that, that's its whole are, section. Are we going to small talk? Yeah, we got a small talk, man. A, People want to oh, know okay. what's been happening in our lives. I want to know. Do see, they? Yes. See, I don't ask you what's been happening in your life, so I can ask you because when I was doing a blog every day, I realized mm-hmm. that everything was content. And so us just simply talking about your life and my life, that is content. People like that. They they like to know who we are, like beneath the powerful voice that they have. They want to know what makes Tony Talavera tick. You what want to know what makes me tick? Yeah. I bet you're wondering what makes me tick. <laughs> um, okay, we, we we've had a big week. You know, we're, we we're blasting through ministry stuff for those that are behind the curtain uh, of vocational ministry uh, or even volunteers. We're into the Easter season yep. now, so. Everything kind of is building up to that. That's kind of our our Super Bowl, kind of our big day. So uh, you know, just all the preparations, both campus wide and, and spiritual, and programming and uh, building teams and you know, all that stuff. We're kind of in the short rows now. So uh, everything's yeah. been Easter, Easter, that was Easter, a, Easter. That was a bad call on my part, agreeing to preach on Palm Sunday weekend because that's the weekend before Easter. So yes. this week or last week, I guess when you're listening to this, has been tough for me because I I had to prepare a sermon, but then I also had to, you know, do everything that I needed to do to get ready for Easter. So just lessons learned. I shouldn't preach the week before Easter. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, he just planted his own church, replanted a church, and um, a great leader, awesome man of uh, I'm brilliant, creative, um, uh, just he's he's an awesome pastor. And he said the one thing that he wasn't fully prepared for was the burden of having to preach every single week. Yeah. He's, he's just, it's just such a daunting task. And he doesn't have a, a church staff, really. It's kind of him on his own. And uh, he said, with in addition to all the things you have to get done, you just don't really fully understand the toll that the prayer and preparation that goes into preaching requires. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't... I, I 
I don't know how our pastor did before. Now we have a pretty fleshed out preaching team where, you know, our senior pastor at the most preaches three times a month, but it's usually just twice a month. And then hmm. it's split amongst the rest of us. So yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, when I'm yeah. doing, when I was doing youth groups, like I, I know what I'm saying and these are high school students. So I just had to make a fart joke and then they'll laugh and then I'll tell them about <laughs> Jesus. It'll be great. But you know, for some reason, I don't know, right or wrong. I think when you talk in big church, it has a, a higher level of expectation and feeling of preparation. Have, have you ever had one too many burritos from Chipotle and you just can't hold it in no more? All right, let's look at what the Bible says. It's like a fire shut up in your bones <laughs> when it's just got to come out of you. That's Ex- like Jesus, y'all. Exactly. Let's pray. Well, there's a great, great story uh, Henry Nowen told that he wanted to go on some spiritual retreat. So she, he goes off to this retreat center, and he's hanging out. And there's some college students there, and they come up to him, and they're like, hey, we want you to lead a retreat for us. We want you to take us through some prayer and some worship and some teaching. And he goes to the abbot of the of the center. He's like, hey, I, like these college students, like they're asking me to do this. And like the whole point of me being here so I don't have to do stuff like this. And he looks at him and says, Henry... You've been following Jesus your whole life. Some college students want to hear about what you do. That shouldn't take that much preparation and practice from you. <laughs> you just got to sort of tell them what you do and take them through your life. It's like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. At some point, I think, yeah, like high school students, they just need to know that Jesus loves them and that you care about them as a youth pastor. Yeah, and they if, honestly, no matter how good it is or bad it is, it's never as good or bad as you think it is. And I mean, you did you go to youth group as a teenager? Yeah. Yeah, how many of your youth pastors' messages do you remember? My actual youth pastors, um, maybe one, because he kept saying, we have these big ask questions, and mm-hmm. we just laughed hysterically because he kept saying big ask. and we Wordplay were... <laughs> Liz Lemon? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it really, and that's the, it's so daunting to uh, to someone who speaks and does these things because people don't really remember. Yeah. They might remember just a nugget here and there, but they don't remember the things that you built sets for, the things that you made graphics for, got illustrated videos, got skits, the whole thing. And really, at the end of the day, they just remember who was there and who cared about them. Yeah. Uh, my senior pastor says he probably stole it from somebody, but just the idea that preaching is kind of like eating, that you don't remember what you had for lunch on Tuesday, but you had it and like it did good and it nourished your body and then it allowed you to go forward. Like there may be like those big meals, those big celebrations, those delicious meals, like those one out of a million meals that you remember, like, oh yeah, like remember when we went here and had that great steak, that was awesome. Like that's how preaching is, that you know yeah, you're you, getting you re- it in, you know you're nourishing you only- yourself. <laughs> You only remember the ones that make you sick, right? <laughs> I'm never eating fried chicken from that place again, I'll tell you what. you know. <laughs> I love your voices. I'm so envious Thank of you. your ability to just have voices and sound like you do and generally have a voice that somebody should do for a podcast versus mine <laughs> where it's like you should not speak into a microphone. Yet I do that rather often for my life. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> I enjoy listening to your podcast. Ah, I, I find thanks. your voice comforting. It's like a, it's like smelling uh, coffee brewing. Uh, it's just something that it's a little, little bitter, a little off-putting, but at the same time, it feels like home. <laughs> that may be the most backhanded compliment I've ever received. <laughs> well, that's, and that, that's a lot coming from you because you're the master of the backhanded oh, compliment. Oh, come on. No. So I see you drinking from an Illinois uh, Starbucks cup right there. I am drinking from. I got it. I spoke at a camp in Illinois 
uh, one of my friends said, hey, do you want to come speak at our camp? You have to pay for yourself to get here, but it would be good for you. I'm like, okay. So I flew out to the middle of Illinois in the middle of summer, and it was hot and humid, and I bought this mug to commemorate the occasion. And I'm and I know that this is an audio podcast, so people don't fully appreciate it like I do. But I'm trying to just kind of decipher the imagery that oh, that here, Starbucks decided. So I, I say we have an Abraham Lincoln. There's hat. a corn, a corn, corn stalk. Abraham Lincoln hat. There's a there's a cloud. There's, there's a steamboat. Looks like a on barn. The other side. There's a steamboat for, for the mighty Mississippi. Does that go yeah, up to there's Illinois? Some stuff growing. There's a guitar. I don't yeah, know what that guitar's yeah. about because the oh, dude, Chicago jazz man. Oh, I was thinking like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that's in Ohio. Yeah. So this is what I'm trying to decide. On that, there's a couple different clouds, but they are decidedly dark black storm clouds. Yeah. Those those are unfriendly. Those are ominous, looming clouds. Like, is there some kind of, uh, you know, I don't know, atmospheric anomaly, some kind of dread? Starbucks that knows that Armageddon, Armageddon will take place in Illinois. They, they're aware. That's what I'm saying. Watch out, Waukegan. They're coming for you, Aurora. I'm going to be there yeah. in May. Maybe it'll happen then, and then I'll That's die. It, uh, Jesus the, will come back when I'm eating deep dish pizza, and things will be the, perfect, actually. The, the Antichrist sets his throne on Peoria, Illinois. <laughs> Watch out. Um, anyway, so yeah, so the, the reason I segue th- from that is um, we got a package at my house the other day. I love the return address packages. said Scott Higa. So the I'm Christian like Christian nerd. Uh, I have the Christian the Christian nerd. I'm like, okay. Uh first off, Scott Higa sending me packages. Does it smell like maple syrup or waffles? Uh, is this some kind of a terrorist attack? Um so I, I my my wife, she you know, she texted me I was at church and she said, Hey, you got a package from Scott Higa. And I said, Okay, cool. Did she um, say so Scott Higa? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause see, I, it's just you know, yeah, because Every time you hear me share my name, I share my full name. But other people well, I just... I just don't want you to think that you're the only Scott in my life. That's fine. You're the only Tony in my life other than Tony Stark. Well, if, if that's the case, then I am in a highly favorable company. You are. Um, are there any Scott... Uh, you, you and Ant-Man. That's all I Scott got. Scott Lang. So there you go. At least I have somebody. There usually isn't. So <laughs> at least I'll you take get it. Scott Lang. So, so I come home and she, you know, I see the package there. So I go and cut it open, and um, there's a card on top, and it has my wife's name on it. So I'm like, okay, that's a little strange. Uh, so I, hand, I, I look at it. So I was, and she notices me, sort of like cocking my head to the side and looking at it, and I'm like, uh, it's for you. And I hand her the card, and then I reach into the box and I pull out uh, what the item in the box, and I immediately realize this package is not for me. Um, I, I know what it is right away, and it was a Starbucks cup from Disneyland. Yeah. And in it, there was a really nice note from Scott Higa, the Christian nerd, um, which is how he signed the I card. I did sign that. <laughs> he said, thanking my wife for share, allowing me to share so much of you know my time uh, with him uh, on various internet and text message escapades. And we, um, you know, this was just really nice. Then I looked at the box and I realized the package was not, in fact, for me. It was for her, uh, that she had just not even read who it was addressed to. Once she saw your name, she assumed it was for me. Uh, and that Scott had really graciously and thoughtfully sent a package to my wife, uh, and that was a tremendous honor. She was so uh, overjoyed. She was beaming. And, uh, man, that was just really stand-up, man. I think that's awesome. Oh, good. I'm glad she enjoyed it. Because I remember it was probably the last time we were recording at 6.30 in the morning. 
that I showed you my mug. It was a Star Wars. I'm like, oh, my wife likes those mugs. I'm like, oh, they've got cool ones from Disneyland. And then <laughs> I put my plot into motion. Then the problem was, since we have these crappy Disneyland passes, not we, like people out here have the Southern California Disneyland pass where you can't really go in December. It took a took about two months for somebody's blackout dates to open up <laughs> to actually be able to go and get a, a mug for me. But good, I'm I glad. Have- I have the next to highest level of the Walt Disney World passes, and uh, today my blackout dates kick in, so for two weeks I can't go. It's Easter and Christmas. I got two weeks blacked out. So, Oh, that uh, and, and what that cost you, $500? Um, for the whole – no, what's – it's – um, uh, you know, it makes me depressed when I have to think about it, but we, we pay about 130 bucks a month for the three of us to go. Yeah. Well, that's still better because – as we've discussed, our premium pass is $1,400. Yeah, that's crazy. That's and people nuts. still buy it, which is nuts. Yeah. I don't understand how anybody could afford to live in California. One day we need to compare pay stubs because I, I have no idea how, when I see property value in California, how anybody lives there outside of like a cardboard box. Like Los Angeles should look like Haiti. I don't understand how people can <laughs> buy a home. Every, everybody rents and we're all depressed about it. Yeah, that stinks, man. It, yeah. You know. Now I know why Lex Luthor wanted to, you know, bomb the San Andreas Fault and get all that beachfront California. I know, and Barstow in, in That'd Nevada. Be great. I'm just saying, man, anything could happen. Anything. But. So, real quick, before we get, we, we're we're gonna get there, Tony. But I know the I'm, hard, I'm hard, chomping at the bit. Our next episode will be after Avengers Endgame has premiered, and we will. We won't have any small talk. We'll just get right into it, Tony, for the next yeah, time. I think, I think that's fair. We'll have three hours of content, and our podcast goes six hours. We'll break it up into three parts, and people will be very excited. So are you ready for Endgame? Dude, let me just tell you, if I wasn't ready for Endgame, the daunting task of trying to secure Endgame tickets got me ready. <laughs> like I felt like I was going toe-to-toe with Cole Obsidian myself, just trying to log on to Fandango. Yeah, it, it it was the nice part about that is it was five o'clock in the morning over here, so nobody was up doing it. So I got tickets pretty easily. But I was texting with you and Steven and Neff, and it's just like, yeah, they just sent me screenshots of their AMC app or their Fandango app. Just yeah, I'm in the queue for two hours, and I waited yeah. ninety minutes, and then it crapped out, and so I got out of the digital queue. Yeah, I had five screens open between my iPad, my laptop, my computer, my phone. I I was running all these different tabs trying to get into whatever I could. Local uh, movie theater websites, the Fandango I was in. At least the Fandango had a queue. At least there was some order to it. But by the time you got through it, boy, those seats were sold out. I mean, it was like, you're going to sit in the front row, Joe, and that's all you got. Uh, But I was able to... After, I mean, and it was running like AOL 3.0 dial-up. It was just so slow. And you'd click on the show you'd want, and you'd wait two minutes, the page would open up. And then you'd click on the the time that you want, and you'd wait for two minutes, and it'd show up. And then you'd find a seat, and if there was no seats, you had to back out, start the whole process over again. It was really frustrating. But I finally did find a theater. It's the closest theater to my house, actually. And um, it's expensive. It's epic theater. So you got to pay a little bit more, but is I'm it like, a bougie oh. theater? Is it nice? It's bougie. It is. It is bougie. I mean, it's not. It's. I wouldn't even say it's the nicest one in town, but it's new and they have the fancy seats. And hmm. uh, to me, I'll pay a little extra to be able to select my seat ahead of time, so I don't have to stress Shoot. that day. I ain't. That is. The, I'm never going back. We never. At least I saw Captain Marvel at one of the theaters in Rancho, and it's at the really nice mall, but they don't have reserved seating yet. And I oh just my what, how what. 
What what am I doing here? Am I caveman? Exactly. (laughs) What is this? Communist Russia and Communist Russia seat choose you? Come on, you this is impossible. (laughs) Yeah, man. So we uh, we got tickets. Uh, I bought I was I bought five tickets. Um, if for nothing else, I always like to buy a little extra because a somebody might not be able to get them. Yeah, and and b. If nothing else, um, I can have two buffer seats on on our family's left and right, so we don't have somebody oh, I sitting up you on had top two of buffer us. Buffer seats on the left of on the right, left, right of you. <laughs> Sheena Christian, <laughs> hey. you don't get to sit next to me. Send those other. You don't seats. get to sit next to me. I need. I get both armrests. I'm the daddy. <laughs> um, but we ended up. Uh, no, I bought five tickets because I knew that um, like Lise Mati from our show is going with us, and then Jackie from uh, our show nice. is going with us. What time so. is showing? Six. Five o'clock p.m. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. It is an early access fan. Oh, that's event. right. Oh, that you need to tell me what you get with that because I never go so, to those. Yeah, you get um some some concession credits, so right. some food, and then you also get like this collector's coin that is specific for the day. Like, hey, I got to see it before you did, and that's pretty much it. Oh, that's not that great. Well, yeah, but I got five tickets in a row and really good seats on opening day. Oh no, no, that PM, part so. of it's great, but I mean, yeah, so, yeah, so go it was for wor- it. it was worth paying a little extra. I mean, the whole thing ended up costing me about one hundred and twenty five bucks, but you know, whatever. What you gonna do? That's why they make Venmo. Jackie, <laughs> give me my money. What I don't know what Venmo is. You don't know what Venmo is? It's how all the millennials pay each other for everything. Oh uh, yeah, maybe I don't. I, I hang out with too uh, too poor a grade of millennials. None of them ever pay me for anything. <laughs> I just assume I'm buying Jackie and Lee's Money's ticket, and that's it. And that's I, nice I, of you. I get paid with affection and loyalty. I I just buy all the tickets, and then I immediately send out the cash app request or the Venmo request. I'm like, hey, give me my $17, or I'm not giving you your ticket. <laughs> my mama always taught me, if you're going to buy somebody something, just consider it a gift. If you're going to loan somebody money, just consider it a gift. Never try to get it back. Hey, all Tony, that does I was wondering if I could you. borrow some money. Yeah. <laughs> what? I was wondering if I could I, borrow some money. <clears throat> that rule applies to friends. So, uh-huh, Not internet friends. Dang it. Not internet friends. Yeah. All right. What's real. one just prediction you have for Endgame? We haven't seen it. I've only watched the first trailer. I haven't watched anything else. They were playing the most recent trailer when I saw Captain Marvel, so I closed my yeah. eyes. I was texting you out what's going on. Um, one prediction. One prediction. Yeah, listen, I, I I get frustrated because I've seen a lot of in the merchandise. There's oh, subtle yeah. spoilers. So, uh, spoiler alert in the next twelve seconds here. Well, I don't want to hear this either. Well, okay. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you. I don't care. You cover your ears. The Hulk is going to be in this movie. Are you I really covering your ears? I took my earbud out. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I feel like, well, there goes the conversation. Um, there's a character that, let's just say, uh, has had a struggle in his story arc through Infinity War on whether or not he could perform at his at his green best. And that character is in this movie. I mean, it's not a huge spoiler. Loki's but when, back. When they put, when they yes, right. When they put the action figures out, yeah. you go, okay. Well, um, I know they do misdirects in the trailer, so there's no way to know. My my uh, my prediction that was the biggest that, misdirection in the Infinity War trailer. They had the whole thing, all of them. Yeah, yeah, it was really awesome. Um, but I don't know. Uh, I, I've seen the videos that Robert Downey Jr. saying, "There's no way you're gonna guess how this all plays hmm. out." Um, I saw the the man. They got some of those toys coming out, and man, it's going to be expensive. That Ronin toy, that Hawkeye, is off the charts cool. 
I haven't seen off it. Off the charts cool. Yeah, I'll send you some links to it. Uh, you go to, Or go to SideshowToy.com and tell them. Yeah, no, I always go to SideshowToy.com after I talk to you. And then all of my ads on Facebook are SideshowToy.com. Like, that's, that's all I get. That's the way. Dude I, dude, I had an ad pop up on my Facebook for a 40-inch loaf of bread pillow. I saw I don't that. Know, <laughs> I don't know what they think I'm browsing on my internet. It's like the Great British Baking Show and like <laughs> per- purple time. mattress. It's yeah. It's finally like it's like the sleep sleepwear and uh, and baked goods. And they're like, we have something perfect for you. Perfect. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have any predictions. I mean, I, I feel like Spider Man's gonna come back. Yeah, somehow. I feel like Spider Man's gonna come back. I feel like a lot of people who are getting their own shows on Disney Plus are gonna come back. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I think I wonder because I. I'm sure you've read it as well, like the actual Infinity Gauntlet comic series. And mm-hmm. Nebula plays a big role in that. So I wonder if they're going to have some nod to that where Nebula plays a big role in it. Not that she grabs the Infinity Gauntlet from Thanos, but I, I, I wonder, are they going to do something, just some nod of the comics where Nebula plays a bigger role than people might expect she's going to play? Maybe. Um, it, it, she. There may be. I, I just sense there's going to be self-sacrifice somewhere in this, and it could be Nebula taking Gamora's place and bringing her back. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. I, I still feel in my heart of hearts that Tony Stark is going to die in this movie. I, yeah. do, I just think that he's going to ultimately do what he tried to do in Avengers. Uh-huh. He's going to lay down on the grenade. Yeah, lay down and, on the line. Yep, and be the guy. Yeah, I, that is that is the thing I am not emotionally prepared for. Either Tony or Cap dying. Nope, I just nope. I can't I can't handle it. Because <sighs> literally, I did I hated Captain America before the MCU, and now he's my favorite. And so to yeah. go to go from that giant span of I do not like this character at all to I will cry if he dies. That that's a that's a bit much for for my soul. We watched the first half of Winter Soldier last night, and. Uh, when he goes and visits Peggy in the hospital, Ugh. I'm in tears, dude. I'm in tears. It's I'm a so grown good. man, and I've seen this before, and I'm just like, Chris Evans is awesome as Captain America. He really is so good. Uh, I'm almost done. I've got I've, I got Black Panther. I think Ragnar. Oh, I've only got like four movies left to watch to make it through my my rewatch before Endgame. So I'll see if I can make it happen. I've been we're gonna plowing we're, through. We're gonna do all of them, but I'm not gonna watch Ant Man and the Wasp. Why? Because I just want to go clean from Infinity War into Endgame. Oh, okay. I'm like, did you not like it? <laughs> no, I liked it. I just didn't want... I don't need that, like, buffer movie. Yeah. But just so listen no to the soundtrack. That's the best part of it. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack's Such a awesome. Soundtrack. All right. Now, let's have some nerd news so Tony can just explode with all of his Star Wars goodness. It is time for the nerd news. All right, so I shared on my show on Monday that, or on third Friday, whatever I don't know when I recorded last Friday. I said, "Hey, get ready because Star Wars Celebration is this weekend." They, I knew it was this weekend. I was waiting for this weekend because I was pretty positive that they would have a panel for Episode Nine, which they did. And at the end of that panel, they would show a trailer for Episode Nine and they would reveal the title for Episode Nine. And that is exactly what happened, and I was very excited for it. So, Tony T. Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Stupid name. You don't like it? Uh it's it's prequel esque, is mm. it not? <laughs> I don't know. Ron contended that it's very current day because it just sort of leaves some ambiguity as to who it's referencing. 
Okay, I can get behind that, and and uh, I have maybe uh, a tendency to think that maybe it's not even referencing a person, but but a movement. Yeah, um, the, the I am Spartacus sort of thing, you know, like yeah. uh, if there is true balance to the Force, that maybe there's no more Jedi and there's no more Sith. There's just but there the Skywalker. Only the Skywalkers, you know, so which yeah. would be kind of cool. Yeah, that would, that would be, be cool. kind of cool. That would be the you know anyone can wear the mask, anyone can be the icon, anyone can, and that's what I think they lent lent themselves to at the end of um, the the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it the the trailer was stunning. Uh, it, I mean, it was a teaser, but it was, it was just, super teasy. But it, lo- it just looked so good. We watched it at church on the big screen. <laughs> Nice. I wanted to, and it just, I don't like. I know, but like it, that first shot of Ray, just it's so clear and it's so clean and it's so Star Wars and it's so Ray and it's on a desert planet. They were in Jordan, so it looks like Tunisia. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it looked like Star Wars. And she was wearing an outfit very similar to her original scavenger outfit from yeah. The Force Awakens, but she had so a little I hood feel- on it, like Leia from A New Hope. It was great. I feel like this is J.J. Abrams kind of untangling some Ryan Johnson here, which I'm not mad at. Yeah, that is what I wonder. Like, how much of it are we going to be sitting there thinking, oh, J.J. didn't like that, J.J. didn't like that. I think that's kind of one of my biggest fears is that I'm okay with Ray not being anybody special. But if they come back, like, oh, just kidding, Kylo was lying. I don't know how I'll feel about that. Like, if if they undo that big of a knot, that's something we're like, ah, man, you should have. You should just let JJ do the whole thing then, if that's what you were gonna do. As long as they don't undo it and then do something stupid, like yeah, she's Obi Wan Kenobi's kid. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make sense for Obi Wan Kenobi to have a kid. Yeah, I don't think, especially so, if Obi Wan's not even in it, or he couldn't yeah. be in it. You know, like yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't. I don't want. I. I I'd rather it just not be a thing now, uh-huh. which is fine. But uh, but so many good things. I mean, she's fighting a tie interceptor. With a lightsaber. Apparently, that's called a tie silencer. Is oh, okay. What so I've been it, told, I was unaware. It, all right, that's a new one for me. Well, it was, I, one of my friends told me, but he has three sons, so I'm pretty sure they have the Lego set, which is why he knows. That's what happens. That's when you know every name of every character and every vehicle is when you have kids because you just have all the toys. The only reason that's I true. know a bunch of random Star Wars characters' names is because. Of the toys, so yeah, it's a tie silencer, which is pretty sweet. Okay. Well, it looked uh, it, it, it had looks the wing, awesome. The wing design of an interceptor, which yeah. is why I made that assumption. But yeah, really, uh, first off, that's cool. That's cool as crap, right? And then you cut to just all these scenes of great characters: C three PO with you know no red arm, which I liked on a um, skiff, flying a through. <laughs> And it was just, it was, again, it was all the things that I'm sure people are going to give them crap for. That it's like, oh, we're back on a desert planet in the third movie? Are you you just ripping off Jedi now? Mm -hmm. Or uh, here we are, we're going to find, I assume that if that's the second Death Star that is kind of submerged underwater, that they're probably back um, on Endor. Uh, If it's not the moon of Endor, then Endor proper. Yeah. So, um yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm I'm not upset at the familiar. Uh, if the Ewoks show up, I don't think I would be mad. I love the Ewoks. My dog Ewoks, looks like an Ewok. To me, Ewoks are better than Porg. At least they served a purpose. Oh, to serve Porg. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's least... a cookbook! All the <laughs> Porgs are freaking out. This giant Wookiee, he's going to take us off to a great place and he's going to serve us. <laughs> it's a cookbook! That's very nice. 
Twilight Zone and uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror references abound. I was about to say, speaking of Simpsons, I can't believe they're all going to be on Disney Plus. That's crazy. I already talked about Disney Plus on my last episode, but yeah, insane. Uh, Disney Plus. I, I, I'm at this point. I'm going to say I'm going to go ahead and just buy the Office on Blu-ray, the entire series, <laughs> and cancel. Once we we're one ser- season away from finishing the the Great British Bake Off, uh, so cancel my Netflix. They're raising their prices, and just do Disney Plus and Hulu. Yeah. I was going to do Disney Plus for $20 a month. I will happily do it for $7 a month. Yeah, that's all the good stuff. So, yeah, so yeah I'm excited about this trailer. I, I, you know, all the great characters. Poe Dameron, I just forget how much I like Poe yeah, Dameron. Yeah, he's such a great character. I have and a bunch I, of his with, comics to read. I need to read them because he's so great. And when Poe Dameron is dressed up like Indiana Jones, it makes me like him <laughs> even better. Uh, don't And don't think I didn't notice Finn is wearing Han Solo's pants from... Uh, a new hope too. Yeah, John Boyega talked about that during the panel. How he, you know, he's he like he's like I'm in Star Wars, but I don't really feel like it because my costume. Then on one of the first days of filming, JJ said, "Hey, do you want to see your pants?" And he broke out those blue pants. And John Boyega was like, "Yes, I'm finally cool. in Star Wars. I have Star Wars pants." See, I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't watch the panel, so I'm glad that I. The, I, the I panel was that. the panel was pretty good. It was. I mean, it's just Stephen Colbert comes out and risks for five minutes. Then it's Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams where. I don't know. I I enjoyed the Last Jedi a lot, but I'm very happy to have JJ back because I liked The Force Awakens a lot, and I think that he was happy to make a Star Wars movie, and Ryan Johnson was happy to make his own Star Wars movie, which I think yeah. is a bit different. Yeah, um, I I concur. I, yeah. I think that they the Force Awakens felt more Star Warsy. Uh, the Last Jedi was a beautiful movie. It was it was really creative in a lot of the things they they did, but it didn't feel as Star Warsy as yeah. The Force Awakens, which was a pure experience. It's what I wanted. Yeah, I loved that shot, and it's totally a J.J. Abrams shot where, you know, it's panning across, like it comes around, and it pans to the desert, and then it starts mm-hmm. moving in the one way, and then the Tie Fighter, the Tie Science catches up with it. Like that's such yeah. a great shot, and then obviously Ray jumping over the Tie Silencer is yeah awesome. And I loved that. So yeah, I I this is it. I'm not gonna watch anything else. I'm not watching any more trailers. I'm not watching, you know, if there's a commercial on TV, I'll see it. But I, this is it. I'm out. I'm out till December nineteenth. So I heard from a very reliable source, a credible source. <laughs> I was so mad at you. <laughs> I heard from a very credible source that uh the laughter at the end <laughs> might belong to uh the Emperor. So I'm watching – so I I'm, I was working at home on Friday morning, so I was watching the panel in my bedroom while I was doing some work, and then they show the trailer, and at the end, there's ominous laughter, you know, right after Luke says, you know, nothing ever really dies. No one's ever really gone. No one's ever really gone. Ma ha ha ha. Laughing like, holy crap, that's the Emperor. And then they pan back to the panel, and as the lights have been out and they've been showing the trailer, Ian McDermott walks on stage. I'm like, oh, hey, oh, 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 that's the Emperor. And then he says, roll it again in his Emperor voice. And so I knew that the laughter was the Emperor because on stage they had the Emperor. I don't think, you know, that's misdirection. So I texted Tom. I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's the Emperor. Hmm. And then on his nerd of Godcast facebook page he shares the trailer and so i was like yeah i think that was the emperor at the end and tony was like well what did you say i texted it to you i was so mad I, at you. yeah i just said i have heard from uh, that, that it's that it might be the emperor i don't i think i didn't know there I didn't was a qualifier in there that i was not pleased with you yeah, said let's go to 
Oh, we've lo- we've heard that it's the Emperor. Ian McDermott was supposedly on stage afterwards I, at Celebration. Uh, that's what I said. We've heard you that it's the Emperor. You could have said it was supposedly, supposedly the Emperor because Ian McDermott was on stage afterwards at Celebration. You cannot... Th- th- it's a fact that Ian McDermott was on stage after okay. Celebration. Well, at, at that point, I had only had the, uh, a rumor... By a you know mid level podcast host. <laughs> well, thank, <laughs> Sorry. You, thank you for upgrading me to mid level. I really appreciate that. I know what I said. No, I know what I said. <laughs> no, uh, I yeah. appreciate. It. I'm like better than bottom barrel, which is where I really am. <laughs> which, you know, by by a podcast host who only gets listened to by his internet friend and his sister. <laughs> that is true. And, and, and random, someone, people, and random a, people, and a couple church. people from Canada. Yeah, <laughs> do people from your church listen to your podcast? Oh, that's right. I never, I never told you this. So I asked you, like, do people in real life, like, yeah, like they do, and then they tell me, and I get super awkward around them because they know everything about my life. Because <laughs> I See, my... share everything about my life. See, now my worst thing is that that. Church basically is my life, so I'm always afraid that someone from church is going to listen to my podcast and realize I'm talking about them. <laughs> you know, like the sweet there's a little old lady. There is a well, sweet little old lady. There's a story that I I told uh, in an episode that's coming out this Tuesday um, about a, a lady who died in our church this week, and it's a great story. It's a great story. And I'm probably going to have to cut it because it's just a little too. I mean, not that she's listening to it; she's dead. But <laughs> I mean, she heard it anyway, Tony. <laughs> yeah. Well, she stands there at the throne weeping. When when will you when will you re- uh, avenge us? Send it. Send it white... to me. Send it to me. I don't. I'll let hear you it. know the story. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll All tell right. You. So, so you like the trailer? Not too sure about the title. Kind of. What are your biggest questions going into Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker? What's in the Death Star? Why are they going back to the Death Star? If you know, is there? Are they looking for the Emperor? Are they looking for, uh, you know, Vader's hand? Like, what are they looking for in yeah. there? Um, you know, that, so that's that's really interesting. I, and my my next thing is the line, and I'm. It's not above. We talk about the Hulk in the Infinity War trailer. They're not above throwing misdirect in in the Star Wars trailers. When they did the teaser for the Force Awakens, you have Luke doing the voiceover, and he's like, "The Force is strong in my uh-huh. family. I have it. Yeah. My sister has it. You know, uh, and you have it. You know, yeah. okay that." That line wasn't even in the movie. Who's he talking about? Uh-huh. Whatever. So in the same thing with this one, no one's ever really gone. Is Luke going to come back? Um, that could be an interesting possibility. Are they going to bring everybody back? And it's going to be like some onslaught of Force ghosts at the end with Luke and Anakin and Qui-Gon and Yoda. And I mean, wouldn't that, I mean, wouldn't, I mean, as much as I would hate to see it, if they brought in Hayden Christensen and Liam Neeson, and I'm, I wouldn't even be mad, I don't think. Yeah. That, I wouldn't it, be mad for for Qui Gon just to just show up. It'd be like the uh, the end of the Return of the King. It's it's the Ghost Army. That's Ray's going to go and get I, her Ghost Army. And I know that sounds silly, but it would be nice if they didn't just completely disregard the prequels, but they could somehow redeem the prequels. Yeah, I bet it'd be a, a phenomenally monumentous occasion uh, for them to be able to do that. But but it'd be difficult to do right. Yeah. Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, tweeted this. He said, it's not episode nine from his nap or even my suggestion. Episode nine, a bunch more stuff happens. It's episode nine, the rise of Skywalker. It's time for the eight months of speculation to begin. Is that Skywalker Kylo, Leia, Anakin, Luke, a previously unknown Skywalker? Is Rey a Skywalker? Hashtag cool title, thumbs up. And so I just like that's that's exactly all the questions. Like, who's the Skywalker? What's going to I like your idea of 
you know, just kind of the rise of the idea of Skywalker. They have to establish a new rebellion. I mean, there's a lot has to happen in this movie. They're they're pretty coy talking about how much time has passed between the end of The Last Jedi and the beginning of this movie. So apparently yeah. enough time for Rey to learn how to jump over a TIE fighter and maybe enough time for a, a new rebellion to be established against the First Order. There was no, there, there was no Hux. Hux. Hux? Hux. Hux, yeah. There was no Hux in the trailer, which was interesting. There were no Knights of Ren, which I think people have speculated would be in there. Unless Kylo Ren was rock bottoming one of his own people, yeah, Armitage. Yeah, that, that was such a cool <laughs> move, right? Well, Armitage Hux did he? He didn't die at the end of uh, Last Jedi, did he? No, he was about to kill Kylo Ren, and then he woke up and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it." And then he goes down on the planet, and yeah, so no, he Hux is still around. So there was um, uh, an article that I read about the guy who wrote The Force Awakens, uh, the first pass at Force Awakens, before uh, Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams came in and just mm-hmm. completely rewrote it. And they they have in some of the old documentation, in fact, I think it was even in the Art of Star Wars, The Force Awakens book, they had some of the early concept art from that first script. And one of it was talking about a character named Kira, who would eventually become Rey. Mm. Um, and it shows her swimming through this underwater large machination and the title of the um, photo it was captioned Death Star Trench underwater oh and um, basically this the story says when the adventure's over Kira finds a hidden map inside the Emperor's tower of the second Death Star and the map tells you where the Jedi and where Luke is hiding oh so that was kind of the the epilogue of the first movie was them exploring underwater Death Star huh so it's interesting to see if maybe they bring that element back. It seems to be uh, set up in the trailer. So I don't know. There's a lot to speculate about. Yeah. And one of the things that I like, and I, I texted you right afterwards, I just said, I love the MCU, but nothing gets me hyped like Star Wars. I mean, the whole time the, the trailer came on, I stood up. I was standing in front of my TV watching it. I had goosebumps the entire time I was watching the trailer. And I love the MCU as much as anybody else. It's it's great, but it's kind of like that first love of Star Wars. It's just nothing yeah. can replace it. That as excited as I am for Endgame, as excited as I was for Captain Marvel, I don't know if I'll be as excited for The Rise of Skywalker, but it's, still, it's just Star Wars, and there's just something about it that I can't, I can't let go because I love it so much. Yeah, I think with the, the frequency with which MCU movies come out anymore, yeah. and, and we, we're always there's, – there, there's never a point where we're just longing for, uh-huh. oh, my gosh, it's going to be five more years. For those of us that grew up and we remember Star Wars basically from the beginning, and you're almost age-appropriate for that, yeah, uh, we had to wait I mean, between Jedi and The Phantom Menace. 16 I mean, years. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that was a long yeah. time to wait. And even between the Re- Revenge of the Sith and, <clears throat> excuse me, The Force Awakens was still like 10, ten years. years, wasn't yeah. it? <clears throat> so there's this urgency almost when a Star Wars movie comes out of just the, this desperation. It's almost like MCU is like coming home from work and taking your shoes off and having a nice dinner at the table with your family. Mm-hmm. It's It happens regularly enough that we, we can appreciate it. But it doesn't ah, – but when a Star Wars movie comes out, it's like date night. I mean a Star Wars movie comes out and it's like it's like a special occasion. It's like, you know, put on your, put on your nice suit, you know, brush your hair real good and, um, you know, vacuum out the car kind of deal. <laughs> exactly. And, and they, they said – I think Bob Iger said that Star Wars was going on a bit of a hiatus after this. They're going to yeah. let the Skywalker saga sit finish this and then just sort of move forward with the uh, game of thrones guys trilogy and ryan johnson's trilogy 
So yeah, it'll be. It'll I don't be interesting. think that's a bad move. No, I don't think that's a bad move because I think Solo w- left everybody kind of wanting, and you cannot MCU Star Wars. Yeah, that'll get oversaturated real, real quick. Star Wars has to be kept to me a little more special. Than yeah, that. and the but but I think what's nice is with Disney Plus, they have the Mandalorian, they have the Cassian Andor series coming out, so there'll still be new Star Wars in our life, but it'll be different. Yeah. But and, and I there's a lot of good things to be said about Star Wars TV shows. Uh, I mean, I know Clone Wars had a, a big uh, following and Rebels. People really enjoyed Rebels, but none of the TV shows, even the video games, even the comic books, have the cultural sway. Oh yeah, that, absolutely. That, that the movies have. So, but I think for um, me, who's gotten used to ha- a Star Wars movie every year, like oh well, I'm not going to get a Star Wars movie for three or four years. Uh, but I can watch this TV series. I can watch a live action Star Wars series, which I've never experienced before. So that, that's the part that I'm excited for. So kind of like scratch that itch, but I feel still still keep the theater going experience kind of special yeah. like you were talking about. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. Hit us up. Let us know what you thought about Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. I know a lot of people don't like the title. I know a lot of people are still soured by The Last Jedi, but that's okay. We can all have our opinions, and, and it's fine. We can all still be internet friends, much like Tony T and me. Well, not like Tony T and me, because Tony's not going to give you his address to send questionable items to his spouse. He won't do that for everybody. I'll give you my church address. You can yeah. send stuff to me. Hey, I've done that. Nine zero nine zero nineteenth Street. People send me money to buy my Captain Marvel toy. Though that's what's, that's, your, what's your running total I'm right now? I'm up to forty dollars. It slowed down a little bit, but oh, man. that's still Let's, forty dollars. Forty dollars. We are two hundred dollars away right now from him getting the deluxe edition of Captain Marvel. This guy is the biggest Captain Marvel fan you know, and if anybody deserves to get a nice little boost, a nice little little jump in his jet, you know, it's this guy right here. Scott Higa is a worthy cause. So Venmo him some money right now. Did I say that right? Yeah, I don't know what my. I should pull up. I don't know where my phone is. I would look at my Venmo. Oh, it's in my pocket. <laughs> That's a good place for your phone to be. <laughs> Where's my glasses? I can't find them. They're on your head, Grandpa. Shut up! <laughs> Get out of here. Like, I feel like a televangelist right now. I feel like I'm asking for money so much. <laughs> Every time I get on our show and I'm like, hey, Well, you're asking it for me, so it's okay. Yeah, it's like uh, we're we're on our show. We're doing this big conference. We're I'm yeah. gonna be speaking again at MegaCon this year. Um, I just got the offer yesterday. I'll be I'll be doing an anime panel, and um, you know we're doing so. I'm, we're trying to get people to help because last time we did it, people said, "Oh, this was really awesome." Next time it comes around, let us know how we can help. So now I'm telling people, "Okay, this is how you can help. Yeah. You can you know do this or do this or do this. Big ways, little ways to get involved." And now I feel like such a jerk every time I do that. Like, oh, I'm asking for it's just kind of out there now, and uh, I don't think so, you're a jerk. I also don't have a lot of money to send you, but I don't think you're a jerk. Well, prayer is the most valuable gift of all. It's doing free that too. And all right, so my Venmo effective. is at Scott Higa81. So, you know, if you didn't want to send money to 9090 19th Street, Rancho Cucamonga, California, 91701, <laughs> if you're of the Venmo generation, then at Scott Higa81, and you can help me get my Captain Marvel figure. Eight one is the suggested donation amount that he requests. Eighty one cents, please. Eighty one cents, please. All right, let's have a little Bible study. Bible study. All right, Bible study is what it is, or it is what it says. We talk about the Bible because it is what it is. It is what it is. Don't get your hopes up. We just, we, you know, we're both pastors. We both have, you know, 
God or Christ in our title, so we feel compelled to talk about Jesus. So that that yeah. is just the Bible. It is what it is. It yeah. is what it says it is. We pick a passage of scripture and then we talk about it. And if you weren't aware, I just just pick a passage from the lectionary for the week. So this is the week leading into Easter. So there were lots of passages, and you know there were some good ones. But I picked one out of Romans chapter six. So Romans six three through eleven says this. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we've been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do you like Romans, Tony? I love Romans. Romans is... um... It, it's such a densely packed, rich book of the Bible. I mean, it's just, you just can't swing a cat without hitting something that's going to change your life. Peter's going to come after you for that. Let him. <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll throw cats at him. <laughs> yes. Roman, Roman, yeah, Romans is great. It's just this, like, oh, hey, there's this entire dissertation, you know, when Paul has his time in the desert just hanging out. It's like, oh, he he was thinking about Romans. Like, he was planning it, plotting it, figuring out, this is how it works. Which is yeah. just amazing that God knew that I need some. Like, it's great to have fishermen out there sharing, but we got to get somebody with some book learning in here. Because we got to <laughs> figure this out. I'm going to need some Hellenists all up in here, please. <laughs> exactly. So what excites yeah. you about this passage? Well, I, first off, I do love Romans because it it, it it brings it starts at the beginning. I mean, it does it assumes that you, you don't have to know anything going into Romans. Yeah. It'll it'll walk you through it. But then there's so many amazing and deep concepts in it too. Um, it, it really is a, such an accessible. It's the MCU of scripture verses, <laughs> of scripture books, books of the Bible. Um, it, from this passage, you know, and especially in this season, we're talking about death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death is a, a final, final thing, man. When something dies, when something becomes mortified, um, you just don't carry it around anymore. You let it, you take it in the backyard and you bury it. And uh, I love this, the duality of our nature, how as Christ died, we die to mm-hmm. sin and we have to consider ourselves dead to it. Like not just uh, opposed to it, not just sort of morally contrary to it, but like dead, like chop it off, cut it, leave it, burn it, burn it with fire. And um, it's it's just a, a powerful illustration, I think, of that contrast of who we are and who we can be in in Christ. Yeah, and I just I love the fact that you know I mean it, it excites me that I don't have to be crucified, I don't have to die a death, I don't have to die the ultimate death. That because of what Christ did, I can be united with Him, and that's just 
let's just say such great imagery. I mean, it's great imagery to talk about on Easter. We're baptizing people this weekend at church, so that's just great imagery, the, the going down and the coming up. And I, I still remember the, the date of my baptism. It was October 25th, 1995. You know, that's that's the day that I said, yeah, this is what my life is going to be about. And that's just great imagery that I get to go down in death and then be raised alive in Christ. And and we do them during our worship services. And so like the worship team is playing and everyone's singing and we have the cameras showing the people getting baptized and the person comes down, the person comes up and then just the whole entire congregation just cheers and shouts and claps and screams because we've seen, you know, the, the representation of that, of somebody yeah. dying and then coming back alive in Christ. Like there's, like literally there's nothing more exciting in the universe than the fact that we get to die with Christ and come back to life. And that's the thing there's that that logical statement of if do you want to live with Christ? Do you want to be set free? Mm-hmm. Then this is what you have to do because if if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. So there there really is that trading of one rotten, nasty, decrepit, filthy thing for something that is imperishable, something that is eternal. Um, it's a logical transaction, right? I mean, it, it makes sense. Do you want to hold on to that broken down, rusty, nasty, decrepit thing? Or do you want this thing, which is perfect and stays perfect forever? Uh, all you have to do is just trade one for the other. And um, one of the one of the, my favorite parts of this is in verse 5. It says, if we've been united with him, and I'm reading from the ESV, but it says, if we've been united with him in death, in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And I love that word, the united word mm-hmm. that, that happens in both of those things, because it says, okay, A, we have to do this. There's the cost is we have to be united in death. But then we also get to be united with him in life. And the, the Greek word there is the same word where we get the word symphony from. Mm. There, 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 there's a harmony, there's a unity. And if you're a music lover, if you you know understand how that kind of stuff goes, you know when something's out of tune, when something's uh, off rhythm, off melody, it stands out. It doesn't fit. It creates a, a discomfort. It's like, ah, that's not right. There's something wrong there. So every step in our life, we have to make sure that we're in rhythm. We have to make sure that we're in the same key. We have to make sure that we're playing the same song um, as, as what Jesus is doing. It's an ongoing storytelling unity. It's not just there's one moment where, you know, to we, we, we're baptized and all of a sudden, you know, we yeah. click our heels together and we're great, but ongoing. Did you start in the same place and now somehow you're off the pace? Um, I want my symphony to match his. I want mine to be an effective unity. Yeah. Uh, Martin, Martin Luther said that the Christian life is just kind of every day going back to your baptism, going back to that moment of recognizing that I'm dead and now I'm alive. Like just that's the Christian life is like I'm dead, I'm alive. And just going back to that. And I think that that's what most con- is most convicting to me about this passion you're talking about. How, how yeah, like it seems logical. I'm going to leave this dead stuff for this new great life. And mm-hmm. and how often I'm like, nah, let, let me have the old dead stuff. Like I yeah. want the decaying maggoty smells bad, (laughs) full of decay. Like I want to go back to that because it's more fun or it's easier or it doesn't ask anything of me. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what's super convicting is that, yeah, I read this and I see it and everything you said, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, I I should choose, you know, life. I I should choose freedom over being a slave. Like I should choose life over death. But how often do I choose death over life? How often do I choose slavery over freedom? It's just, it's so convicting and I, I, I hate it, but that's like, yeah, I think I've gotten better at it in my life, hopefully, but you know, it's still just that 
you know, the the devil's a lion just waiting to pounce. And sometimes I'm like, pounce me. Like, it's cool. I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah. One of my favorite games, and we did it a couple of years ago at an Easter event that we did, uh, is where you take um, headphones and you put it on somebody and you play a song. So they can hear the song and they're singing along with it. But nobody else can hear what they're hearing. Hmm. You can only only hear their voices. It's a lot of fun because you know the, people get a good laugh at people doing that sort of thing. Um, but one of the things that I'll do sometimes is you, you turn the song down on them, and so they they can't hear anymore. And then you turn it back up and see if they can keep on pace. Uh-huh. You see if they can continue matching the song as they sing along when they when they can't hear the beat, when they can't hear where the words should be, when they how long it takes for them to sort of lose their their spot in in their sing along. And I think that if unless we're consistently plugged into, unless we're consistently listening to and watching where the Lord is leading us, it really is quite easy for us to get off our mm-hmm. mark. It really is quite easy unless we're consistently engaged, consistently checking ourselves and and constantly uh, recalibrating and making sure that we are on on rhythm, um, even if we don't know all the words, even yeah. if we don't know exactly where it's going. Uh, I, I think of that scene, the opening scene from uh, Into the Spider Verse, where I, I love it. And you have uh, Miles Morales, and he's got the headphones on, and he's singing Post Malone, and he doesn't even know all the words, but it doesn't stop him from listening to it joyfully and participating with it. You know, just with abandon, just trying to sing along, and even it's like even when he kind of has to mumble his way through it. He's still listening, and he's still engaging, and I don't always know when Jesus is going to turn left or turn right. I always try to stay on pace, but I don't. But if I'm not listening anymore, if I've disconnected or if I'm listening to something else, I'm always going to lose that. And when the the stakes are life or death, when the stakes are... um, you know, our death or his death when the stake is, you know, raised again to life or walking in our own corruption. Um, they, they can't be higher. You have to keep your eyes on him. What's that, what's that look like? I mean, apart from just, you know, quote unquote, quiet time or things like that, what helps you stay in sync with God just on a daily basis? Wow. Sometimes I just want to make sure that what I say and what I do is in line with the character of Christ. Mm. Um, that I'm not bolstering my own ego, I'm not bolstering my own ambitions, but that I'm trying to stay obedient, trying to put other people first. That's hard for me sometimes. Hmm. Um, so, so really, is what I'm saying and doing the kind of thing that Jesus would say and do mm-hmm. uh, in, in relation to other people? Um, is what I'm saying and doing uh, eternally minded, kingdom minded, or is it my kingdom minded Mm. because there's all there's always that tug of war of like who's gonna sit on the throne today man is it gonna be me or you jesus because there's only room for one butt and i've got a bigger butt than you do so (laughs) i've got three seats jesus and i'm gonna take all of them you don't get you i get the seat next to me and the seat next to me one thing i've learned is jesus is completely unwilling to one cheek the throne of your heart Have you used that before, or is that a new one that you just came up with? First time. Nice. So what what, what in this passage do you think could be encouraging for, for other folk out there listening? He's constantly saying, we, life is an option. Life mm. is an option. We, too, might walk in the newness of life. We shall be united with him in a resurrection like his. We would no longer be enslaved to sin. Uh, we can be set free from sin. We will also live with him. Death no longer has dominion. Uh, you know, the, We live a life to God, and we are alive to God in Christ Jesus. Every single thing that he says about sin immediately comes back mm. with a counter maneuver of life, life. 
life, life, and freedom, 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 and, and rebirth. And man, that is so hopeful. And people always think, you know, religion is all about what you don't do. And, you know, it's all it rules and regulations. And and all I'm seeing here is life. All yeah. I'm seeing here is freedom. All I'm seeing here is is you don't have to be a slave anymore. You don't have to be captive anymore. You don't have to be on the wrong end of this transaction anymore. You can be set free and the hard part is already done. All you have to do is just follow and, and be like him and you'll find that he's already cleared the path. Yeah. I think that's one of the just work. I mean, there's a lot of bad things about the fall of humanity, but just the fact that it's so screwed up that in the garden, we knew what true freedom was. And now because of sin, it's so screwed up that we, you know, up is down, left is right, that we think freedom is liberation and liberation, or those are the same things. We think that, you know, captivity is freedom and that freedom is captivity. And it's just so screwed up that the the ideal is that if we follow Christ and live our lives and and pursue him, that that's real freedom. Like that's actual freedom. But we Mm -hmm. have to work against that because the world is so screwed up that when we see what freedom is, we think that it's captivity. We think that it's following a bunch of rules, doing this. So I can't do what I want to do. Like, and, and then the idea of like, well, the things that we want to do, those are things that we shouldn't even want to do. Like, like we're just so screwed up by sin. The, the fall of humanity and sin's effects are so just total and all-encompassing. And then it's just like, yeah, but, but this is real freedom. And then yeah. when we find that, oh, my gosh, like there's nothing, there's nothing better. And, and so it's just the idea that we have to be the ones taking that freedom, taking that truth to a world trapped in darkness and, and shine yeah. that light. And the hard part is people don't know they're in darkness. They don't, yeah. know, they don't know they're in captivity. They think that they're living their best life. And they're not living life at all. They're, they're dying. They're dead. And, and Jesus yeah. offers the opportunity to come alive. To be alive, yeah. um, there there's a line from the movie Hunchback of Notre Dame when uh, Esmeralda hides in the cathedral and uh, Judge Claude Frollo realizes that you know that's where she's going to be trapped because she's declared sanctuary. And he says a powerful thing. He says, "You've chosen a, a splendid prison, but it is a prison all the same. Hmm. And it doesn't matter if you have the most comfortable mattress in the in the cell block." It doesn't matter, <laughs> you know, if you, if, you know, you get the extra pudding during your, you know, your hour of, you know, out of the cell, you're still a prisoner. Yeah. And, and you're exactly right. When you talk about our culture, you talk about our world today. I mean, Isaiah 520 says, woe to them that call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness and bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And that's, everything is upside down. And uh, again, go back to Hunchback, it's topsy turvy. They, they don't know what's right and what's wrong. And Jesus came to really set all of that right. And even from a religious standpoint, this isn't even just like pointing our fingers at sinners. Religious people who say, you know, oh, love yeah. your love your friends, you know, love and, and hate your enemies. And Jesus is like, yeah, how about love your enemies? Mm-hmm. How about how about we raise the bar on this whole thing and ask you to do things that are that are even beyond what seems right? Yeah, no, uh, so we're we can... we're we're dumber when we go back to captivity because we know what freedom tastes like and we yeah. just go back to captivity willingly. It's like it's like Nineveh, that they didn't know their left hand from their right, and God just shows nothing but mercy to them. It's like, look mm-hmm. at these people. Like, they have no idea. So you need to go and, like, let them know. Like, I just love them. Like, he just, it's like, they have no idea that up is down and left is right. Like, they, they can't tell their left hand from their right hand. They're completely confused. And so yeah. it's just grace and mercy. Then for you and me, it's like, well, I know my left from my right. I know up and down, but l- let me go back to the down. Like, it's cool. 
And it's hard to imagine because we culturally know so much about Christianity yeah. to begin with. I mean, we we kind of have it running in the background, even if we don't know and fully understand the theology of it. We kind of know who Jesus is and we know the, yeah. the basis of it. I wonder what it must have been like for these Romans to read this and hear these things for the first time yeah. and just have their mind completely blown by this, that I really can be, like, this is really a thing mm-hmm. that happened. Uh, sometimes I, I envy people that get to hear this message well, it's like watching a movie without watching the trailers. Yeah. I envy people that can go into it clean and say, are, like, I've never heard anything about this before. Well, you had that um, experience, though. You had your own conversion experience when you were in high school, right? I, I did, but I still knew cultural Christianity. Okay. I mean, I'd still seen Jesus on a cross. I okay. still knew of, of God. I mean, I, I didn't know the theology of it, but uh, to, to be able to experience this like these people did, like the Romans did, uh-huh. and never have heard anything about this before, um, just seems absolutely staggering, absolutely breathtaking. But I think what probably would have been the coolest thing is if you're sitting in the Roman church and you've been proselytized and you've accepted Christ as your Lord, and you understand that, you know, like Christ is Lord, that's what they would say. And then to sure. see this and to probably feel how what Paul wrote actually matched their experience. Like, that's the great thing. It's not like Paul was making stuff up and saying, hey, this is your experience. I think he was giving words to whatever they were experiencing. So I think that's like the great part is that they work in concert together. And, you know, once again, the genius of Paul that, you know, they probably felt freedom. They probably felt that they'd come alive. They probably felt all those things that we feel when we come to Christ and we have the language for. And so Paul was just giving language to their experience. Like that, that, I think that would have been awesome to experience. I would have loved to known exactly what the demographic breakdown was in the Roman church who was reading this. Were these Roman citizens who had mm-hmm. been converted? Were these Roman Jews? Um, were, were any of these people in slavery? Because just the verbiage that he uses of slavery, that was that was a real part of their culture. Yeah. Like, we don't really fully understand that. But for them... Slavery wasn't even just a, it was, there was not even a moral quandary yeah. to it. Like we think of it today. It was just, well, I'm a slave. Yeah. This is how, this is how I got here. My people were conquered by the Romans. This is who I am now. I, they took me and that's just what it is. Yeah. It was an identity thing. And for Paul to be saying, even the concept of you were a slave and now you're not would have been beyond hope for them. Yeah. Uh, in the natural, but in the in the supernatural, forget about it. I mean, this th- there's just a lot to this, and it's super easy to kind of blast past and go, okay, yeah, well, we died to our sin and we're alive in Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. What's next? And uh, but but even how he continues in this thing with flipping the script and saying, okay, so now you've been set free from sin. Now what are you? Well, you're a slave to righteousness and all of the rules that kind of go in and, you know, apply to it on the one side that you've been set free from. Now we become conscripted once again to Christ. We become slaves to freedom. We become Mm -hmm. slaves to... Paul is a genius. He is. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode, Tony. I think we need to call it a a day because it's been about an hour. We've talked about lots of things. We made only one, I think, poop joke, which is pretty good for us. And we did it in a spiritual context, so. We did. So so it doesn't even count as a poop joke. Doesn't even count. It's redeemed. (laughs) Like all of us. Hey, where can people find you on the internet, Tony? Well, I'm glad you asked, Scott. You can find me at uh, It's Me, Tony T on Twitter. That's where I hang out a lot. Or you can follow uh, Nerd of Godcast at Nerd of Godcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Please do that. Or and, and support 
their endeavor to Megacon because where I sit in my bedroom and talk about the things that I like, Tony and his crew are actually trying to make a difference in this world and reach out to those who don't yet know Christ. And a great place to do that is at Megacon in Orlando. So if you're interested in supporting them, please do that. Please. I'm going to get the map of the convention center with all the booths and the exhibits and the celebrities, and I'm going to map my journey like Paul's maps at the end of the Bible. <laughs> Just red line dotted. This is when I met Lou Ferrigno and the blue line over here. This is when I went and bought $18 nachos and whatever. <laughs> this is my first journey. This is my this second is my journey. First this is my third journey. journey. This is my journey to the bathroom. Just, yeah, that'll be great. <laughs> If someone wants to take a journey and find you on the internet, Scott, where can they find you? Oh, thank you for asking. It's like we've done this before. They can find me <laughs> at Scott Higa on Twitter or at Christian underscore nerd. Or if you just need to find all those things in one nice, happy place, just head to the ChristianNerd.com and yeah. all my info is there. And I endorse following Scott Higa. He is a good Twitter follow, you guys. He is he's a except for when he gets off and starts talking sports ball. Well, he it's is coming up cuz the NBA follow. the NBA playoffs start on started on Saturday, so yeah. there's lots of sports ball coming. Sorry, real quick. Unfollow. Okay. <laughs> just <laughs> just mute me, man. Just mute just, me for a month. This no. That's better than an unfollow. Sorry. You we'll see. You can earn it back. Okay, I'll try my best. Hey, well, that's it. Thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. And thank listen, you. Tony's got a new show coming out Tuesday. Tuesday. Which I don't know when this when is this Monday. This is going on Monday. Okay, so tomorrow, new episode. Unless you're one of our Patreon sponsors, then you have already heard it, and you have heard us interviewing uh, Jennifer McGill from the Mickey Mouse Club. What? I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. What's that well, going to post gonna... for me as a Patreon <laughs> subscriber? Well, it has posted by now, for sure. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey. I'll have a show on Friday, probably talking about Good Friday or Easter or something. And then we'll be back in two weeks for our big endgame, super spoilery blowout. And that will God be willing. great. All right. Well, I think that's it. So goodbye, Tony. Goodbye, Scott. Goodbye, Internet. All right, I have to go to the bathroom real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. That, that'll be the uh, post-show little blurb. Like Scott saying he has to go to the bathroom. And then whatever you do while I'm in the bathroom, that'll make it to the, the end of the show. So don't, don't say anything super racist. No, why would I? <laughs> super racist. What an Asian thing of you to say.